coming to get you, Barbara. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. Welcome back to Long Walk Talks. My name is Stan Wilson Lee. I'm the VP of Long Walk Productions, and I'm joined tonight by my two co-hosts, Chris Wilson Barnes and David Wilson Helmsley. David Wilson Helmsley. <laughs> Did I say I heard, Helmsley? Who the hell is I heard that? him say both that and the N was in there somewhere too. I said <laughs> like Helmsley. What what an experiment this has been. That's the last time I let you do that. No, that, I'll get better. I wasn't sure I was so upset. Should we should we do it again? No. No, we're we're leaving it as is. Thank you. Thank you for that intro, Stan. Um, this is Long Walk Talks, and uh, we are going to be kicking off our new it segment off so well, for the too. year. I got all the way through until uh, the end. Right until the end. Uh, Where I so, usually fail. This year, uh, me and Chris and Stan, we have each picked what we consider four perfect ten films, and we are going to be discussing them. And uh, for these first four months, it is Stan's turn. So, Stan. Woo-hoo. What film slash films are we kicking this year off with? Uh, well, the, this first section of mine, uh, since I have the first four months, the first month is the Fellowship of the Ring, or Lord of the Rings trilogy, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers. He started, <laughs> he started by cheating. I was going to say, I mean, if you really wanted to cheat, we could have done Fellowship this month, Two Towers next I, month. I literally thought about that. And then you'd only have and to pick one been, more film. That would have been easier. But, uh, no, he did the other cheating where he got three movies as one thing. It's true. But no, I, I have four sets, man. Yes, sets. Because there's three <laughs> there's movies, movies in this. Yeah. I have four movies. No, that's what I'm, no, that's what I'm saying is, though, you <laughs> this, technically have this six. This is a whole. Yes, I agree with Five, you. Two. It is a whole. <laughs> so, all right, Stan, um, we're, we're just going to go off the assumption that most of our listeners have to be at least familiar with Lord of the Rings and the films. Uh, yeah. Fellowship came out uh, 20 years ago. And, and that's one of the reasons why I picked it um, is because it is, it's its 20th anniversary of the trilogy start. And uh, um, there hasn't been much to do about it, you know, and it's, it seems like for me, this is a film that deserves its accolades and its anniversary showings and such like that. But, uh, but, uh, so I figured this would be a good one to start since it is one of my favorites and it is his 20th anniversary. All right. So why don't you kick off this discussion? What is our first topic? The first topic is, uh, how great it is to have a best friend, friend, (laughs) best friend, like Samwise Gamgee. Um, and uh, my question is, or what I'm uh, purporting to y'all is, uh, if you can give me three examples of why he's the bestest of best friends, and uh, ideally one each uh, from each part. Chris, let's start with you. Oh, okay. Uh, well, clearly in fellowship, he's such a good friend because he was taking the time to trim Mr. Frodo's uh, grass in the evening. <laughs> I mean... That's a dedicated gardener. True that. Uh, no, really. Uh, well, at least for me, it's at the end of the movie when he's when he yells, he's going with with Frodo, whether he likes it or not, and almost drowns trying to do it. Yep. 
Uh, two. This is kind of hazy because I mean I, in order for in order to do this, I watched each movie one right after one night after the other, uh, Sunday through Tuesday. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, I mean, just hmm. I, I'm just trying to remember. There's, yeah. There's <clears throat> so like I I told you guys. When there's we were, nine and a half hours worth of material here. <laughs> I mean, if you only did theatrical. Yes, which. <laughs> Stan and I, we should have said, Stan and I watched the theatr- or the extended editions. Chris uh, watched the theatrical. And even just what I watched, I, I told them, uh, like each one felt like it was an entire season of TV in one sitting. Yeah. I mean, not that that's a necessarily a bad thing, but it's a lot to try and remember. Um, two, in their journey, I think, well, just in particular, um, I think after the events of the fellowship, you see Stan, uh, Sam, it's not Stan, I was about to say Stan. Yes. Yes. Stan Wise Gamgee. Stan Wise Gamgee. I don't know if that wise <laughs> needs to be on the end, but all right. Um, uh, the second one, he's a lot more proactive, and he gets in gets in between Mr. Frodo and danger more than often than not. Yes. Um, and in the third one, uh, there's a there's a lot, but I think it's it's a, it's especially the part where he just is he just carries Frodo up Mountain Doom. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to top that. Also, I got to say how uh, how amazingly Sam-like it is of you to keep saying Mr. Frodo. It keeps slipping in because thinking about all of his scenes, that's practically the only way he addresses Frodo. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so because they've, they've been drinking together and drinking buddies for a really long time, yeah. it appears. And it's like he's always Mr. Frodo because he sees himself as, like you said, you know, he's his, he's Frodo's gardener and stuff like that, mm-hmm. Moses' lawn and stuff. And even if it's out of friendship, it's still like he sees it as a professional relationship. And for as lighthearted as I'm being, I mean, really in the character of Samwise, as like that is the kind of friend I would aspire to be to anyone that I care about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm having trouble thinking of anything that tops what Chris said about fellowship, um, him wading into the water and nearly drowning. It's hard to top that, at least in fellowship. Um, Especially because in fellowship, it, you see it have to build because mostly in the first of it, he's just kind of scared of Gandalf. <laughs> well, been, yeah. Who's told him, you have to go and don't you lose him. Yeah. Um, and then again, in Two Towers, it is hard to top Sam's monologue yes. at the end when they're in Osgiliath. Um, <sighs> yeah. The we're by all rights we're not supposed to be here. That's true. Uh, I mean, God, that's such a beautiful monologue, and it's such a wonderful performance by Sean Astin. Um, three, I think the most impressive thing Sam did was he uh, he does a lot of impressive things in uh, Return of the King. He managed to carry the ring for. A while, mm-hmm. like long enough for Frodo to get taken back to that tower yes. and wake up, and seemingly well, that, he, suffered no ill effects. Like he's the only person that's shown the ring had no effect on him. That's well, a great not, point. Not, I don't think yeah. it was. I don't know if it was zero effect, but it had low effect on him. Yeah, <clears throat> and of course, there's also the fact that uh, he picked up Frodo's sword and faced down a giant spider. Mm-hmm. And then after that charged into i mean he didn't know that all the orcs had knocked themselves out in a riot basically and he charged into there to free frodo and he did proceed to kick some orc ass mm-hmm. it was nice and satisfying you guys may have messed me up <laughs> um all three of those uh that chris mentioned is where i'm at and um 
The Sheila Rescue is Two Towers, right? Yeah. No, yeah. It's, no, 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 it's, it's Return of the King. It is Return of the yeah. King? So if we're talking movies. He's taken at the end of Two Towers, right? No, he's taken by Shelob. You're, <clears throat> what you're thinking of the books. Because the book, The Two Towers, ends with uh, Frodo getting captured by Shelob. Okay, then I don't have one for Two Towers then, because um, I obviously, I've obviously run them together as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, Wait, there's a book? <laughs> it's, a, it's not as well known. <laughs> But mine, mine definitely, and it's clearly, and it's early. I mean, it's three and a half hours in, but the ending of uh, Fellowship. Fellowship, where he wades into the water, yeah. and uh, and they take a lot of time with it. Peter Jackson took a lot of time with that moment, and and I guess Sean Astin really did almost drown. <laughs> but uh, but the idea that he comes out and the guy Samwise Gamgee does not know how to swim. No. Frodo, and, and Frodo looks at him and goes, Sam, you can't swim. <laughs> there's so much water in this entire trilogy that Samwise has to deal with. He has to jump over onto a dock or off a dock onto a paddle boat, you know, and, and it's like the amount of water he has to face as a non-swimmer is probably as intense as carrying that ring that Frodo has to do up up the banks of Mordor, but uh, but the almost drowning, uh, Samwise almost drowning at the end, uh, at the end of Fellowship. Uh, then of course, the Shiloh rescue, him coming in and basically sneak attacking Shiloh and just like going to town on her. And again, taking the time with it, Peter Jackson taking the time with that. It's like he's gonna die. This is where we lose Samwise, you know, and the tension is built up so well. And then, but all in the, and, and you're right in the sense that he's afraid of Gandalf, but, but the thing is he's already made the determination by the end of fellowship that, oh, no, that I'm no. not meaning to, this has nothing to do with Gandalf anymore. Oh, no, no, that, that, you are my friend. No, I just like, that's in, in the, in the early part yep. of it, it's, he's clearly, you know, I totally agree. And then, so. Uh, I put Shiloh Rescue in the two tower section, so I guess I don't have one for two towers. Um, but uh, it, are you sure it's not the uh, delightful rabbit stew that he makes? Or the whole relationship between him and uh, Gollum, Go- Gollum, and trying to protect uh, Frodo from Gollum—that could work too, because he's literally doing—he's he, protecting Frodo because Frodo doesn't realize that having Gollum around might be really super dangerous i'm sorry just sam is such a good friend because gollum is so transparently yes. trying to yes. f- fuck them over yeah and and they have a, they have a harry potter troop kind of breakup during that time when he's being so mean to gollum and and uh frodo doesn't realize why he's being so mean it's like I'm not sure, Samwise. You might be the villain in this case, and it, it, it's pretty intense that they almost break up. But, but, but they don't, and it's lovely. Obvs. And and it's and uh, they go and for the third one for return, I'm totally on board with the. I can't carry it, but I can carry you. And the picking up, picking him up after again that long. Oh, everything from both of them. Yeah. Um, because Frodo's, Frodo's done. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, he 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 wants he 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 doesn't care anymore. He he could give a 
fuck about where this ring is going. It can be Saruman's, it can be Sauron's, whoever the fuck wants it can have it. And Samwise is like, no, this was not the best vacation I've ever had in my life. So we're getting to the top of that mountain and we're going to dump this ring. And when he picks Frodo up and the long shot of that moment is one of the most beautiful photographed things I've ever seen in the movies. And, um, and that's technical about it, but it is a very great moment. And like uh, David said, Sean Astin. Yeah. He does not get talked enough about for Samwise Gamgee. You know, um, a, a, a role that could have just been done and been incidental is, is the most important role in this yeah, movie. Sam truly is the unsung hero of the trilogy. Yes. The um, I can't carry it, but I can carry you moment is so fucking iconic. So many tears have been spilled oh. over that scene. And just you saying it, I hear the line in my head. And not just that, I hear the music. Yes, yes. I hear the score behind that yes. line as uh, beautiful stuff. Yes. I have to say a scene I, I really enjoy just as much is after they've dropped the ring in and they've escaped and then they're kind of on that that ledge of rock and they're surrounded by lava and they're just kind of like oh we're gonna die and then the eagles (laughs) not just before the eagles where they're just talking it's just like these are our last moments yeah let's spend them talking about the shire and they were great about and they were they were good with it you know it wasn't even resignation it was just they had done their duty. They had well, done their job. Yeah, and, there's some resignation. And still together. There's some resignation on Sam's part because he does get a little choked up, more than a little. And it's, it's uh, now that Frodo is free of the ring's influence, Frodo gets to be the one to comfort him. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. And, and yeah, Samwise's wife and kids, man, you know, is like, he's like, I'm not going to see them anymore. And that's all I want to do. Well, he's not married at that point. At that point. Yeah. And it's like, he just, his garden has been untended for months at this point. At at least, uh, at least 11 to 12 months based on what they say on the end of the movie. Yeah. Cause they get back home 13 months to the day. Yeah. And it seems it's really long. And they probably only went like two miles. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but when you're going through lava and all that water. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I agree, David. Uh, just bringing up the I, can, I, can, I can't carry it, but I can carry you moment. Um, just thinking about it puts me in that space again, and it's, and it's wonderful. Uh, my second topic, um, what are your favorite moments of the fellowship working together, whether they're together together or whether they're, because by the end of fellowship, they're split into two camps, um, but they, there's always moments of them working together to accomplish a task. Mm-hmm. And um, whether it's, uh, but what's, what's your favorite moment of them working together? Chris? Well, fellowship, again, it's the end uh, where once Frodo and Sam have set off, <laughs> it's just such a funny moment. 
uh, where Aragorn turns to uh, Legolas and Gimli and goes, let's go orc hunting. And they are just so happy yes. and they are ready to go kill him. Because <laughs> they were just lamenting. They were ready to just go. They're ready for revenge. They are ready to take care of business. They were just lamenting uh, and, and Frodo's leaving. Mine from Two Towers uh, is, I always have to take a moment to remember which one is Merry and which one is Pippin. Pippin uh, is the one who suggests they that uh, Treebeard dropped them off uh, closer to Sorrow Man because he says closer to danger, he won't expect it. They can, they'll probably get away quicker. And it's his way of tricking Treebeard into seeing what uh, Saruman has done to the that's, trees. That's a great, great point. So, and, and, of course, you, 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 you see in the movie the whole council where they take forever to agree on anything. And they're like, no, we're going to stay out of it. And then Treebeard sees that, roars, and then 10, 15 seconds later, all the ants are there. And they go and fuck shit up. They do fuck shit up. They do. <laughs> Quite handily. And, and wonderfully. Um, and I think in three... I re uh I had it and I lost it. Um shoot. Um Well, I mean I think um I think the best part for me is when uh when they need to go by Frodo time so they assemble an army again and go distract uh Sauron at the Black Gate. And that's the mo and that is the moment where Gimli and Legolas do the uh I, you know side by side with a friend. Yes. Yeah. But, uh is that the ghost no, no, no. But that's pretty funny too. When Aragorn comes off the pirate ship, and he, and where they're expecting the pirates for Sauron, and then they're about to start fighting him, and then just the wave of ghosts fight. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this. The wave of ghosts is my biggest pet peeve of. The I liked it. I liked them in the background chewing things down like cartoon piranhas. I have wished every time I've watched the movie since two thousand and three that when uh, Aragorn got them to agree to fight by his side they had become corporeal again. I know, but that would have involved having so many more people on site. I know it would have, <laughs> but still, just the wave of green mist has always annoyed me. Also, apropos of nothing, I want a warg. Oh, yes. I, think I want we, a giant wolf rat evil, thing. But, but, but they're, they're not, not inherently evil. evil. They're, you can raise trained, good ones, yes. I bet. Yeah, exactly. I bet if you trained one like from birth, it'd be a cute little monstrous pet. Oh, yeah. And you could ride it to work. Of course. In uh, um, full disclosure, uh, for the fave moment, you didn't have to do one from each film, uh, but I, I I applaud your. Oh, I'm dedication. sorry. I thought it no, was no. Oh, I thought we were just continuing a theme here. It, um, I mean, if you if if there's three moments, because you know, you all know me, it's like I, I'll talk about uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy forever. If you well, want if, if you want to talk favorite moments, I'll just say anything with Gimli is probably Gimli the best thing great. for me. He was, my, I think, my favorite character overall. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Favorite moments of them working together. I think the first time we actually like actively see them start working as a team is when they're in the Mines of Moria oh, yeah. and Fellowship. Yeah. And the uh, bridge collapses. Yep. And uh, Legolas... He just leaps to the other side because fuck Legolas. Like, <laughs> God almighty. Uh, he just, you know, leaps so to beautiful. the other side and him and Aragorn, like Aragorn is tossing hobbits over the uh, the gap and Legolas is catching them. Like just alley-ooping everybody over this bridge. I've always loved that. Um, Which makes it a fun callback in the third one when he has the toss Gimli. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't tell the dwarf. I mean, don't tell the elf. <laughs> well, that's two towers. That's the uh, Battle of Helm's Deep. I see. 
three, uh, Return of the King is such one is basically one long final battle. I can't remember when that happens. Yeah, uh, the uh, you have to toss me. Yeah, you have to toss because they have to get over and blo- okay. Yeah, that's yes, that, that is hours. that is Helm's Deep. Yeah. Um, but like you were saying, Sam, because they are the separated by the end of Fellowship, um, it's not necessarily like people working together in terms of the members of the Fellowship for the next two movies. Two Tower, it's the elves showing up at Helm's yeah. Deep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And just how happy Aragorn is yes. to see that they're there. And then how fucking tragic it is when like 90% yes. of them get killed on the front lines. Yes. And then um, Return of the King, I mean, when it comes to working together, the entire Battle of Pelennor Fields, starting with the Rohirrim appearing on the horizon Mm -hmm. ending with Legolas and Gimli and Aragorn showing up in the boats with the army of the dead just that entire sequence is so emotional and uh, I love every second of it again you want to talk about like hearing it in your head Um, when, when I hear like the horns of the Rohirrim and I just picture the entire thing in my head. Like, I, I've watched this movie so many times. I love that sequence so much. I hear the music. I see the visual of all the orcs turning and looking. And then you see them appear. Can you imagine just being one of those orcs and seeing that fucking cavalry on the horizon? And then they all start screaming, death, in your direction? <laughs> I would have shit my pants and just, fuck you guys. Fuck well, you, Sauron. You I'm get, out. Well, you get that feeling when you see that one commander orc just watch his face fall. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. My, um, I had to preface this with, uh, I also love at the end of Fellowship when mm-hmm. um, after lamenting the fact that the two, two of the smallest uh, folk had to go off by themselves to deliver the ring and that they realized that they had to do it and then they let's go kill some orcs yeah, and they got super go happy right away um, well I think that is a great moment of them realizing that we still have to do our part of the job right I don't think it's so yeah. much that they're excited to go orc hunting as it is oh shit we have to rescue Miriam yes. Pippin right yes, right. yes. <clears throat> we, we, we have we have members to go get ourselves and it's we have the, other people to meet it's just that other look it. of it's just that look of glee of we're gonna fuck shit up Yes. Oh yeah. Yes, and uh, and I and I and to go along with that, um, I don't know if you can call this you know working together, but the whole uh, Bearmere redeeming himself by taking on the Urukai all by himself uh, to save the two Boromir. Boromir. Um, I keep thinking you're going to say like barometric. He's wheelbarrow mirror. <clears throat> Bore metric? Uh, oh, shut up. <laughs> now I'm going to say wheelbarrow mirror. Um, Bore mirror. Uh, um, and Sean Bean, again, just um, making his name in that movie and then continuing on and becoming, you know, but always. Becoming the guy who dies in everything. Becoming the guy who dies in everything. But the idea that. I'm sorry, but nothing will top his. I mean. Dying as Ned Stark, that was pretty intense, but still three super Urukai arrows to the chest and to the back. And he still stood up and said, I'm not done yet. Um, well, yeah, but, I mean, I, I mean, I, uh, he had, I mean, his death was 
unfortunate because I mean he really wasn't I mean he did the same thing when anyone else was really just kind of presented with the ring he has mm-hmm. that moment of where it tempts him yep and he's like and he's just trying to make the tiny hobbit man see reason and then you know he snaps out of it and then he has a badass death yeah. badass protecting death, the other hobbits protecting the other hobbits and then also um, having his moment where he accepts uh, Aragorn not only oh, as, yeah, that's his right. friend his captain but also as his king and uh uh, that would that was probably the first moment, and and it's really long into the movie, into the first movie. But that's where I said, "Oh shit, we're gonna cry a lot during this trilogy." Um, uh, I'm sure there were other moments in Fellowship that were well, Frodo having to get to uh, to the Elven village and to get saved, and so that that whole ride with which Arwen Arwen. Um, I have an issue with Arwen and Eowyn. Eowyn. <laughs> Eowyn. <clears throat> See, vowels They're the and, same person. <laughs> all right. This is why like vowels and consonants are so important in Middle Earth because yeah. it sounded to me like you said Baramir, <laughs> which is is just a combination of the two brothers. There is Boromir, Boromir. and Faramir. Faramir. Near Faramir, wherever you are. I was about to say, Amir. what if Boro translates to near? <laughs> But, and then um, there's Eowyn and Arwen. Arwen. That just sounds um, like it just sounds like these characters in, in on Earth would be like Chrissy and Christy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, this t- kind of goes into uh, my addend- or my addition to uh, my question, uh, the initial question of the favorite moment of the Fellowship working together. But which part is your favorite? Which uh, part of the trilogy? Uh, this is. Oh, sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, no, you can jump in if you want. I'm, I got to think for a minute. Uh, this is contrary to like uh, popular opinion, but I'm going to say Two Towers. Like which movie or just like any particular part of the movies? Or? I'm th- I, I, ostensibly, it was which, which part of the trilogy was your oh, favorite. Okay. But if you have a segment. That I'll say favorite. Return because it's the culmination of everything that was set up. I, li- I Generally, unless it absolutely shits the bed, I, in a trilogy... I'm going to enjoy the third one the most mm-hmm. because every, everything else is built up and that's supposed to be the payoff. So if it's not good, I mean, it doesn't necessarily negate the rest of the trilogy, but I, I want that to be the best part. Right. And there are several payoffs yeah. in, Retur- in Return of the King. Yeah. There's several endings, especially if you do the extended edition, there's even more. <laughs> but, um, I, I got to say Two Towers because as much as I love Return of the King, it's the only one, it, it's the one that I have the most nitpicks with. Sure. Like minor changes that, you know, I think could have been made to make it a, a in my opinion, a solid 10. But yeah, I, I love Two Towers. Um, I'm a big nerd in this, and this is, this probably proves your point that maybe I don't hate people as much as I say I do, but the, uh, Return of the King, simply because of the ending when they're being coronated, basically, after Aragorn, Aragorn has gotten his crown and they celebrate the hobbits and they bow to Aragorn and he stops and says, no, my friends, you bow to no one. And then the whole elves, dwarves, halflings, everybody just, everybody on screen just, bows and then it opens up to that 
to the fucking hobbits, man. And uh, that's the mo- that's every time. That's the moment where I stop crying, and then I don't stop until the credits are over. <laughs> I told Dave. I, I told Dave that's time. a great scene, made better by the fact that the hobbits are just standing around looking really uncomfortable yeah. with everyone bowing to them. Yeah, because they had no, they had no concept of that. I mean, because they're just inherently honorable. You know, they treat their friends kind anyway. You know, they treat their people's kind anyway and just to have this overwhelm especially from man from men you know not you know it's like they're used to elves and they're used to dwarves a little bit but the idea that men bow to them is just and and well especially since it's chris pointed out when we were talking yesterday people are pretty much assholes to the hobbits for the entire Mm -hmm. trilogy yes like even gandalf at parts is just straight up mean to them so yeah, it is satisfying to see them get get acknowledged for yeah. their contributions. Super acknowledged, uh, acknowledged, and and by the king. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and all hats off to um, Viggo Mortensen and the Aragorn character. Um, probably one of the great literary characters ever written, but definitely definitely one of the great film characters ever put together and and uh that may be vigo's fault you know but really really great and and especially going from the beginning of fellowship to the end of return of the king Mm -hmm. and having that arc and and being beautiful all the way through um um i did have oh just before you jump i was gonna say also to what dave was saying about two towers i really like Mm -hmm. as the second as this you know the second part of a planned trilogy the ending of two towers Things are dire, things are up in the air, but it does end more hopeful than mm-hmm. a lot of middle yes. parts of trilogies do. Absolutely. Where things just like are really, really down and you're like, well, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. It plays into the theme of the, of the movies. Yeah. It would have been very easy to end Two Towers on a dour note. Mm-hmm. Like Sam and Frodo are still captured by Faramir. Um, the Rohirrim lose at Helm's Deep. Um, Mary and Pippin are just lost in the woods and with Treebeard and they refuse to do anything. Super dark, end of movie, go home everybody. But the yeah. fact that all their plot, plots pay off, like they, the Rohirrim do win. Treebeard and the Ents sack um, uh, the t- uh, Saruman's Tower. Um, Frodo and Sam do get released with Gollum and go off to finish their quest. So, yeah, you're right. It is, it, there, there was, a lesser trilogy would have taken the dark road. Right. And it, and it plays well into in Return of the King because Gandalf's basically like, all right, we got lucky, but he, Sauron's not dead yet, so we got work to do. Yeah. Uh, also, Return of the King will always get extra points from me for having the most tear-inducing, wonderful end song. <laughs> Yes. Which is Into the West by Annie Lennox. Yep. <clears throat> because I because I never saw Return of the King in theaters, but I heard that song when it came out, and it was just beautiful. Yeah, I, um, it it it's probably a shame because I should have in my topics, but uh, the music and the score of this entire trilogy and just the commitment. We say it all the time. We say it a lot, but. It truly is a character and very character driven and very character based and every 
character has a theme. <laughs> um, and when, you know, it's like, oh shit, Sauron's coming. Cause I hear that tune. <laughs> you know, and I was like, before you, before you go on your next topic, I have to backtrack a little bit because there's a, there is a teamwork moment that, um, I forgot about from two towers and it's Legolas going full Marty McFly and using an oh, Uruk shield yeah, to yes. surf down, <laughs> yes. like down the stairs to rescue Aragorn after he gets trapped at the bottom after the explosion. Just yeah. the amazing feats that elves can do in this trilogy, man. And that makes you want to be an elf so much, man. It's like, uh, no, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> but the idea that the lore, mm-hmm. uh, that Peter Jackson locked onto and committed to, um, the differences between elves and dwarves, the differences between I, uh, halflings and men, you know, it's like, but the idea that, but the again, idea I, that, <laughs> yes, there's like, and one starts with half, but, um, but, well, the, I, but the idea that, uh, I mean, and, and we're D&D geeks, so it's like just the clearness of uh, the relationships between peoples, you know, is just phenomenal in, in this, in this trilogy. So, and, and I would, I, and I know, I know your opinions on the Hobbit, but that's one thing I agree with you totally with the Hobbit trilogy is that it doesn't have the same kind of in-depth. Hold on. They made a Hobbit trilogy? (laughs) They did. When? (laughs) Where was I? We'll find out next month. <laughs> oh, no. No. I will cancel this <laughs> podcast so fast. Uh, Stan, did you have any more uh, um, discussion topics? Uh, I, uh, there was one addendum that you wanted to add into this. Uh, if Well, I've co- uh, yeah, I've got a question, but I've also just got a couple of fun um, little, little mini topics. But first, um, this is a question mainly for you because Chris didn't see the extended editions, but... Am I alone in wishing that there was kind of like an in-between, the, uh, the extended cuts in the theatrical version? Because when Katie and I were watching them in December, I was thinking, I'd really like, I, I, I've, I've, this is blasphemy to a lot of Lord of the Rings fans, I'm not going to watch the extended editions every time. Um, I love them, they're great, but I'm going to go to the theatrical versions, but I wish that there was stuff we could pull from the extended editions that have been put into the theatrical cut. Things that I think are important that could have been in there. I get why they're cut, but for example, like um, in the Two Towers extended edition, so much time is spent with Merry and Pippin in the forest with Treebeard that isn't in the theatrical edition that's really not necessary to the story. Like, uh, I think it's Pippin drinks the water and grows like six inches. And then they, they fight over it. I love it. <laughs> um, but then there's also like the scene with um, Aragorn setting the wild horse free. Yes. Who then shows up later to rescue him after he falls over the cliff. Yeah. Which in the movie, it's just like a wild, a random horse shows up and rescues him from the water and then goes back to hell you know, takes him back to Helm's Deep. There's no explanation given. I really wish that scene of him and Brigo in the stables would have been kept in there. Um, but yeah, that's my question to you. Do you think, do you ever wish that there was an interquel? That's not, not the right word, but like an in-between. Um, sure, but um, uh, especially with stuff like uh, with Brigo, uh, there should have been uh, 
probably a moment to where, oh, this is when he fell off the cliff. Oh, okay. This is this is the horse he had. Oh, oh, oh! I get it. Yeah, yeah. That should definitely have been there. Um, I, I just the the extended editions are definitely experiences, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and you're probably going to get all you need to get in the theatrical editions. But um, I probably said that wrong too. Theatrical. No, you're right. Um, uh, I'm just going to make a pronunciation guide for every <laughs> word you say on this show. Um, and I'll say it phonetically. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know um, because I'm such a fan of the extended editions and that's what I'll choose to watch um, mm-hmm. unless I'm like pressed. But um, since I make oh, crap, it, I only have three hours <laughs> yes. to watch a Lord of the Rings movie. Yes. Let well, me you watch can't watch Return of the 45. King then. I know. Uh, Return of the King is the one that he didn't cut that much. Um, for the theatrical version, but it's like the two towers, I think it's two hours 50, um, yeah. and it's three and a half on the extended, and then... That's not even um, including credits, which are right. easy 10 minutes with themselves. Fellowship is 2.45, I think. And Return of the King is straight up four and a half hours uncut. That's right, it is cut for the theatrical edition, because it is still three hours, 15 minutes for the theatrical, but, but yeah, it is four hours for... Um, but yeah, I, I just have so much fun with the extended edition, and, and, and I've, I've talked about this billions of times, even including the Hobbit trilogy, which has been made as well. Um, I don't care if it's not up to Lord of the Rings standards, but just the fact that I'm in that world again. Mm-hmm. And... I would give a lot of money to actually be, if that world was real and I could live in it, I would be there. Perfect. That's a great segue, <laughs> Stan. Thank you. Uh, just a fun little uh, question for the two of you. All right. The three of us are transported to Middle Earth. What race do we become when we get there? Elves, men, dwarves, hobbits, orcs, wizards. What are you when you get there? If we were coming from this world, we'd probably be in that world as men. Um, but if we had a choice, I would probably be an elf, most likely. Chris, what would you be if you suddenly ended up in Middle Earth? I don't know. I get the feeling I'd be a dwarf. I, I feel like I'm, I'm a little too cynical to be a hobbit. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. I would love to be a hobbit, though, because I don't want to fuck with the rest of that, or that place. You just want to live in your hobbit hole and tend to your garden. And Basically, shot, yes. Yeah. That sounds fine to me. That, that's what I would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, Stan, you would 100%, in my opinion, be a hobbit. Um, I would like to think that I'd show up in Middle Earth and be an elf, but I'd probably be a boring old man. Man, yep. I don't want to be an orc. That sounds like, uh, a, that sounds like a literal hell on Earth. Um, well, yeah. And also, now that I've said it out loud, wizards aren't like a separate race. In, are they? Well, they no. kind of are. Gandalf they is kind a... of are. They, they, they reference him as something that is not. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, so wizards are a separate. Yeah. Okay. Are, are they? Yeah. I didn't know that. I don't remember my uh, Lord of the Rings history as well as I used to know it. Uh, we need to watch like Stephen Colbert's history lesson. Um, it starts with an M. It's not man because it's way longer than man, I, but. I, yes, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I know you're right, Chris. Um, I had, I, 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 the only reason I know for sure is because I had subtitles on because I knew some of this stuff, some of the names would fly right because Well, his other, his other name is Mithrandil. Mithrandil. That's, 
Yeah. What, that's what I saw. So there, there, um, all the wizards, uh, uh, Sermon and all those, uh, the Radagast. Uh, yeah, all they they were like born into this group of wizard folk. Yeah, people who know their Tolkien Tolkien lore better than I do could explain it better. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, all right. Uh, so I did have. Oh, but, go, go ahead. Um, there, I do have the final, but uh, if you, there was a, another. No, no, go ahead. So, I'll wrap it up later. Uh, right. My final culmination, in, and and my answer is going to be really easy, but uh, the question is, was the trilogy necessary? As a movie-making exercise, as a philosophical exercise, or is it a necessary thing in, in our lore as artists or as literary peoples oh sure um honestly i thought the question was more technical because i was i was thinking about it's like at the time when they made it it was only going to be made as like a series of movies today it would have and definitely would have worked best as an extended miniseries which they're doing with amazon uh no i don't think that's not (laughs) exactly they're not retelling the story they're setting it in like the, I don't know what time period it is, but it's just like it's, it's in the world. It's okay. But something like that, but actually being the books with like, like if Peter Jackson done something like that today, that probably that would have probably made everyone uh, that would have appeased everyone between theatrical and extended because it would have been that combination right. of of a, a material. Yeah, I agree with Chris, but. Um, Absolutely, it was necessary as a trilogy. Yes. I do not think you could do this in one or e- even two films. You you had to have all three parts. Um, I think I think maybe the only problem is they. This was before uh, Harry Potter and others took the bold step of just you know what this part of the this part of the series is going to be two movies. Right, um, and also if I'm remembering correctly, I think Universal wanted Jackson to make it into two movies oh god and it just could not be done no and also i mean i shudder to think of how much money they would have lost had they done that um i mean having three films and just the phenomenons they became yeah 100 percent, it was necessary to make it a trilogy i i think it's even more necessary on a grander esoteric philosophical uh way um and you can pronounce all those words correctly (laughs) (laughs) poor baromir (laughs) barometer he died Um, twice (laughs) but uh but yeah i i think it's absolutely necessary as as a tome and i know that's literary as in books and stuff but the idea that it's it's a it's important for us as a people for something to grab onto, I, I I think it does need to be taught in film schools. I think it needs to be taught in theater schools. I think it needs to be taught in philosophy classes. I think it should be taught in um, history classes in in some way how how it connects to the hope of man. The and how it's one big World War One allegory. That it's so history too. There we World go. One, yeah. big, big World War One history, even more so than that. But the idea. As, as a film, as this particular film, you see, yes, Tolkien's books, World War I um, allegory, but the idea that this movie, this set of movies, made me hopeful for humankind, 
made me hopeful for us as a people that can deal with other peoples. And it's like the idea that it is still and will always, at least for me, resonate on a grander, higher level than what it was probably purposed for. Um, I don't know if Peter Jackson saw it on that level because he went right out and made King Kong, which was, you know, he just wanted to make a really long version of King Kong too. But the idea that... I saw King Kong in the theater. I didn't hate it. I love it, actually. But the I... idea, but, that, but he goes, but that has nowhere as much relevance to me from, as a Peter Jackson film than the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to, for me, it's always going to be the pinnacle of what I see. If I have any optimism at all, it's because of that film. And in a general sense, it got... Tolkien's work out to a lot of people who wouldn't have otherwise accessed it. Yes. Very nice. Okay, well, we're going to take us out on a a light note. Um, All right, so going back to the we're we're in Middle Earth theme. (laughs) Uh You are Frodo Baggins. Oh, crap. You have the ring. You have been quested to get it to Mount Doom and destroy it. At what point do you, Chris, and you Stan... Going through the things that Frodo went through, go, fuck, fuck this. <laughs> I don't know. Should it be the first stabbing or? <laughs> or the second stabbing? <laughs> Which he survived only because he had mithril at that point. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Stan, what, what, at what point would you have said, fuck it, I'm going back home? I don't know. If it was me, I guess, again, if I had, if I had a friend like Samwise behind me and then I had all, you know, I had this elf chick carrying me on the back of her horse and stuff to get me healed. That only happened once. I know. (laughs) And maybe, maybe I would consider continuing on, but I don't know. Once we got to what Rivendell, once we got to Rivendell and, um, my job was over. I got it to Rivendell. I got this fucking ring to Rivendell. I may have, I may not have been the one to raise my hand and say, I'll do it. And um, I mean, all he had to say was nothing. Exactly. Frodo makes a really intense choice because he, like you said, Chris, all he had to do was say nothing because nobody was expecting Get, the I mean, hobbits to continue. That's what on. Gandalf wanted him to do if you, when you watch his face after he says, I'll take it. And he's, and he's like, like, oh, fuck. That's not the plan. But um, I would hope that I would choose to continue on. But I don't think I probably would have. I probably after that first stabbing with the freaking skull face, which every things. which every time Sauron's influence gets near, he just starts having a heart exactly. attack. Exactly. And and at my age, that first feeling of a heart attack would probably be the last. So I mean, Frodo gave up five feet from the finish line, and I couldn't blame him then either. Yeah. 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 That's why I was saying it's like at the end when 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 freaking Samwise wouldn't let him give up, you know, and it's like he was done. Frodo was done, and yeah. and and, but well, he, no, Samwise said no. We can do this, you know. And it's like I'll do my, I'll do the best I can. I mean, and, uh, to be fair, he was in the throes of current traumatic stress disorder. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, All right, yeah. so you wouldn't make it past first stabbing, probably not, Chris. I don't, I don't know. I mean, oh, it's it's hard to say. I I feel like somewhere. On that battlefield, when Faramir uh, is uh, was pulling them towards uh, whatever city they're trying to go to, and they got separated, 
around that time, which is around the, the like the third or fourth or f the fifth moment where the ring basically possesses Frodo to try and get him to give it up yeah. to, to the, like, the Nazgul. It's like, okay, you know what? I think I'm done. Because I think, wasn't that one of the re And that's why he was kind of pissed at Samwise for following him in, into the water is that he knew he was going to be seduced by this ring, so he just wanted to be away from everybody else. Um, and then Samwise is there, and he has to continue on. So it's like he couldn't. He he didn't. He, Samwise didn't allow him to be fully seduced by this ring. So we all know Sam is a great accountability. It's yes, true. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, so I'm kind of in between. I would have made it past the first stabbing. <laughs> I think I would not I have made it as far as Osgiliath. Probably not. The, the moment for me would be uh, when they're trying to go over the mountain yep. and there is well if me little three foot me is trudging through four feet of fucking snow mm -hmm. and I look up and there's goddamn Legolas just <laughs> light footing it on top of the snow, not even leaving doop, footprints. Doop, doop. He's not cold. He's still wearing his elf garb and not even... He's a, essentially wearing a tank top and swim trunks for elves. Basically. Meanwhile, everyone else is freezing their asses off. That would have been the point where I was like, fuck this. I'm, I'm going home. Let, let elf boy have the ring. And if Meanwhile, not, Legos is like, I want some ice cream. Yeah, I can't, I can't stand being cold. All right, I've been stabbed. I'll I'll get stabbed. I don't care. I, honestly, but put me. I'm kind of on board. I'm not <laughs> trudging I'm up cold. a trudging up a mountain through <laughs> snow, and this uphill fuck, both ways. Uphill both ways, and this fucking guy just goes walking by. I'm done. Um, that's before they go in and are just totally. Is that's before Mario, right? Yes, because it, the first it, yes, they yes. can't get through the snow. They have to, to go, go back and Moria. go through Moria. And then they get all... First, first you see all of Gimli's relatives just nothing but bones, right? Yeah. And then you have the, the entire thing of goblins and orcs coming off the walls. Yeah. Well, if the snow didn't do it, that might have. And then and there's then the, the first stabbing. Yeah. <laughs> and then the ball rod. I, know, like, I, 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 I have to keep saying it like that because it's like, he has another one coming up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, technically he gets stabbed three times if you mm -hmm. include Shelob's stinger. Yep. Yeah, yep. there's the third one. Honestly, the, sh the Shelob part is enough to make me give up, but not because it's a giant spider, but trudging through the spider yeah. web. Oh, yeah. God, no. Yeah, that's... The sticky stuff is like, no, 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 no. Shelob herself doesn't bother me, and this is always people's question because of how uh, extremely arachnophobic I am. Yeah. People are always like, but so how do you deal with Shelob in Return of the King if you love that movie so much? Shelob in the movie doesn't bother me. Now, if I were Frodo and I were there, I'd be fucking terrified. And him seeing him caught in her webs and struggling to get free, that is terrifying to me. But mm -hmm. Shelob herself, if I encountered a spider that size in real life, I have guns. I'm going to shoot it. It's the tiny ones that I can't see coming after me that might be on me right now. Those are the ones that scare me. I can't remember the exact meme, but it's just, I've seen different versions of this, but I saw a Lord of the Rings version where it's like Lord of the Rings and it's this huge book stacked up and it's Lord of the Rings if like Pippin had a gun. <laughs> and it's just like, it's, a, it's like a super thin book. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, like, and, and speaking of Maria and stuff, uh, and these moments where, you know, 
why didn't Frodo give up? You know, we haven't even talked about the whole, the most famous line of all time, flee you fools, you know, when fly, you fools, fly, you fools. It's like, so it's not that famous, I guess, but, 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 but when, once he saw that Balrog rip Gandalf down, that might've been a clue to, Oh, that would have been a give up point for Frodo. That could have been a give up point for Frodo because you see his face. Well, they, then they get outside and they're all in, they're all shocked, they're and, they're, shocked. and Aragorn's like, "We got to move." <laughs> um, speaking of fantastic lines, I think I'm pretty sure this one is exclusive to um, the extended editions only. But it's uh, the two towers when uh, Grima comes to tell uh, Sar- Saruman something, and Saruman goes, "Gandalf the Wise." Gandalf the fool <laughs> and Katie and I were sitting there and he said this line and I went got him <laughs> hashtag wrecked yeah we have it, and it's like because we could go on forever just talking about the actors that's in just these so petty roles, I love you know? it's like it's, it's just yeah um, oh, I love Gimli yeah. in Return of the King when he talks about them when they talk about going to the Black Gate to buy Frodo time and I can't remember exactly what is it Dave the when Gimli talks about going, they are there. Oh, uh, small chance of success, high chance of, high I can't remember of, the whole thing. I think it's high risk of death. Yeah, small chance of success, what are we waiting for? Exactly, I love that. <laughs> All right, well, um, I, I'm going to give you guys a second to think about this last one okay. while, I, uh, while I wrap us up, but this is a very popular one that I feel like re- we'd be remiss if I didn't at least bring up. All right, um, it's been around as a meme for ages. Uh, mm. Uh, Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan recently talked about it on their podcast. The, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is rated PG-13, which means that they get one use of a non-sexual fuck. It, in, you only get to pick one line out of all three movies, not one from each, but just one line. Where are you putting the fuck? Think about that for a second while I wrap us up here. All right, so this is the, this is the kickoff of our Four Perfect Films coverage. Uh, Stan has got February, March, and April to go, and then Chris will cover us from summer into fall, and then I'll be wrapping up the year. This weekend, there is a WWE pay-per-view, the Royal Rumble, so we're going to be covering oh, that. this weekend. Oh, man. Yes, it is. We're going to be covering that on This Is A Work With Your Host, David Two Dogs Hayes, next week. If you want and to keep nobody else, well, you're on both. <laughs> Shut up. If you want to keep up with Long Walk Productions, you can visit us online at longwalk.us or you can search for Long Walk Productions and Long Walk Podcasts on Facebook. To see more of our original work or hear past episodes that are no longer streaming, you can follow the YouTube links in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoy this show or any of the shows on this network, please make sure to leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you are listening on. There's the wrap up. Guys, you get one use of the word fuck in Lord of the Rings. Where's it going? Stan. Back to the Balrog and taking it of Gandalf. Fuck that. It has to be an existing line that you put fuck into. (laughs) Well, you know what? Fine. If, if Gandalf just looks at the Balrog and says, fuck, fuck I'll accept just yeah. him looking at the Balrog and going, fuck. But it was, more, it was more like Legolas going, fuck. Chris, where are you putting the fuck? It's not an existing line, but we mentioned it earlier. It's when the, the, the ghosts, the dead, come off the boat. The, the orc facing them just goes, fuck. fuck. 
I like it. Um, me, I, I've heard a lot of good ones over the years, and you can find them everywhere online. But I have to go with Fellowship of the Ring. Arwen facing down the ring wraiths. Oh, yes. And they okay. tell her to hand Frodo over, and she goes, if you want him, come and fucking claim him. <laughs> that would be it for me. All right. Well, that wraps up the episode. Oh, are we done? Yes, we are done. Oh. Well, I mean, that was that was first podcast. What about second podcast? <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. I guess listening. he hasn't heard about thirdsies. Thank you very much for listening to Long Walk Talks. Peace out.